jump right in. I'm gonna keep the keep the energy that we have off Mike. Bring it on, Mike, for a nice <laughs> relaxed. That episode. sounds like there's just no energy. Yeah. A low energy. It, uh, I just, yeah. I just, yeah, I just hit my exercise bike for like 20 minutes, which is nothing crazy, but like you know, after you do 20 minutes of exercise, maybe this is just me. Come on, sit still for a little bit. So I'm glad we're doing this. Hello. And welcome to the Common Briefing Program, a very relaxed geek news podcast where each month we bring you the hottest headlines uh, that we think are the most impactful, interesting stories uh, from geek culture. Uh, We do that in sort of a one-hour roundtable format where at the end, uh, three of us will uh, try to determine what we think was the top story as we are recapping geek news for February of 2020. I'm Colin Ketchin. I'm the host of the Common Briefing Program, and I am joined this month by the order in which my friends decide to introduce themselves. Hello, I'm back, but like only half present, I think. Uh, It's Austin, uh, and yeah, I'm here. I'll be here uh, once again, and I have been here in the past, but not recently. Is that that what is that is that what halfback means? Because I don't know what halfback means. I mean, are any of us truly living in the present? Like. (laughs) Like reality is our own. Senses. You are on, Chatter. Like, you're on the phone like call a, with with uh, a tired pedant and an actual philosophy doctorate candidate. Like you got to be careful with questions. Like yet. that's not Lord. <laughs> um, that's like a technical thing that for on your way to the degree. I I get to be a candidate after I'm like done with my coursework and just working on a dissertation. See, uh, uh, Chowder, how could we possibly answer your existential oh question when we are caught up in these <laughs> kinds of minutiae? Uh, so that was Austin. We are joined by Hi. also. Hi, I'm Time Will or Chowder, whichever you prefer. And uh, my physical copy of Witchcraft uh, D&D supplement just came in. It's really nice. nice. It's a really nice book. It's funny that we're talking about re- being relaxed because this is a very soothing book, or at least it aims to be. Aims to be. It's pretty. Yeah, it's nice. It is. It's like. Wait. Okay. Hold on. What is? How is the the D and D supplemental contact book uh, a relaxing read for you? And I guess I should ask: How is it relaxing compared to other D and D books, which I'm assuming you're implying are not relaxing? Like, what's the functional difference? Okay. Well, what I'm trying to say <laughs> is it aims for a very relaxed vibe because it's based off like Studio Ghibli stuff, and uh, I see, and just. Uh, stuff like Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh. It's got a little, not a lot of nice art in it. It's it's a very nice book. Which, it's a very nice book is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Actually, is that a piece of news? Uh, not, not. No, no, no. I so sorry. Um, uh, I don't know if this actually counts for February. Um, but like Studio Ghibli just released a bunch of soundtracks on Spotify. If you want to get relaxed, Ooh. just a just a heads up. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, yes. I don't know if that was something that happened in late February or early March, or I only heard about it recently i don't know but that's not news just just you know little little tip for relaxation uh for relaxation actually myself austin i'm sure you're aware of it but i don't know if you've listened to it um have you heard of the empty bowl a meditative podcast about cereal uh starring justin no, justin mcelroy and dan Kubert. oh shit i've probably heard of it but i have not internalized or listened to this information it, it's wait wait make... so since it yes. comes so it has episodes right like it gets released mm-hmm. on a certain day of the sure. week so Allegedly. could you say it's uh serialized oh my god welcome to the common briefing <laughs> program where i am joined by austin liebers and nobody else <laughs> 
but the whole gimmick is they they talk about cereal because the other guy is a is a is a serial journal like blogger journalist okay. and justin calls himself that sentence. yeah he calls himself a serial enthusiast so they just talk about serial news but they do it in very relaxed tones with the sound of the ocean behind it and when i first listened <laughs> to it i was like this is the dumbest gimmick I've ever heard. And 20 minutes later into my car ride, I'm like, man, I feel fucking great right now. <laughs> so you know what? It works. And maybe I will put the sound of the ocean under this recording, except I won't. So let's move on. If we are going to recap the news of February 2020, there is a large, glaring blue headline that I think we have to discuss at least a little bit yep. because the perspective on this going into February is very different than that coming out of it. <laughs> on February 14th, Sonic the Hedgehog got a feature film. Now, <laughs> Hell of a date for it. Yeah, I, I thought it was kind of cute. I like that as a thing. I actually yeah, went no, to see... pretty good, I, yeah. I, I told my girlfriend... Uh, oh, I'm saying the release date was cute. Let me clarify that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I, I, I told my girlfriend, hey, I'm going to go see this movie the day before Valentine's Day. I'm telling you so that you don't get upset that I see a movie without you because I know you don't want to see this. And then she was like, oh, I like Jim Carrey. And she liked the movie more than I did, which was crazy. Excellent. Yeah, but, no, um, it's a pretty solid movie. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I want to I, I talk about... Uh, Okay, so video game film adaptations are historically not very good, um, both in the eyes of... I would of go a little bit further than that. ...are historically pretty dog shit, and the... <laughs> what, you didn't like Mortal Kombat's... Mil or Mortal Kombat Annihilation's a million backflips? <laughs> that was... <laughs> Backflip the movie was a fucking disaster. Um, <laughs> I, 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 Sonic the Hedgehog, also pretty dog shit. This is coming as some... Like, my earliest memory is Sonic 2 on the Genesis. Like, I'm, I'm born and bred Sonic fan. I love love the boy but he's not had a good half of his life it's a long time to have a bad time is half your life um and how come you put together bad movie concept bad video game execution and everyone's like that was the good one that's the one that did it that's the good oh movie yeah. um austin have you seen the film no, it's something that I want to see but not pay for. I I understand that impulse. Chowder, you did see the movie. Uh, yeah. Why Why don't you give me some some of your reflex thoughts here? Let's talk about Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, uh, like I said, it's a pretty solid movie. Not really mind blowing. Not like great, but like a pretty pretty good movie where there were some pretty good jokes like it's just uh, well executed jokes. Uh, like I was in a theater with like. A bunch of kids watching too and uh those kids were like uh really having a good time so mm -hmm. i'm guessing this is, and you know it's pretty obvious that this is a movie meant for younger kids and they seem to like it a lot so you know yeah. uh and anything else well uh there's a like a a bit during like the middle of the credits where like uh oh yeah yeah the, like, the tease uh, of tales yeah. Arriving. Yeah, I know. Like when that happened, I I audibly went, "Oh, snap." Is I, that I kept, Tails? I kept seeing people tweeting, "Stay after the credits." I'm like, "Oh, it's Tails." I just like I just kind of like contextually. 
but uh, but I got that. But I was still happy to see it. Yeah. The, the thought that came into my head as soon as he stepped on screen is, and Austin, I got to tell you, f- yeah. one film Sonic after all the debacle of his redesign, which we've covered at infinitum on this podcast, he looks great. <laughs> yeah. He looks yeah. really good. He's adorable. He is fun to watch. There's actually yeah. a gag in the movie where he shakes out his fur and he's a giant fluff ball, and I I was like kind of giggling at that. He's very cute. Mm-hmm. And then Tails walked on screen in the little post credit stinger. Hooray! Tails is going to be there for the sequel. Um. Tails also looked very cute. Okay. But I stopped and thought, I'm like, what did he look like originally? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, th- oh, like what? God. Was they, there? He had to have been there. Was yeah, there and- a beefy child fox helicopter <laughs> rampaging through the credits? And like, that, like, that's the thing. Like, this movie has a lot of good jokes. There's some genuine heart in the movie. And you have to wonder, wait, this was all made for the original design origin, or with the original design in mind. What Man, what would that have been? turned out to be yeah i mean you like this is a movie that got that like it's it's funny the movie would probably be exactly the same but the (laughs) but like the design would have ruined it alone it's ridiculous and what did austin send i'm curious a horrifying image the only thing i can think of is a really creepy picture of a fox i've seen that image before so i'm gonna jump in with my thoughts on the movie i agree it is a fairly solid movie and it's definitely meant for kids i um <laughs> i was bored most of the movie because yeah, there were there, there were some jokes that i thought were pretty funny but the the concept of the movie is it's it's sort of like a buddy road trip between sonic and the guy tom played yeah, by james marston like, but it's like sonic can run super fast so yeah. why are you putting him in a toyota a truck clearly sponsored by toyota to be in the movie also notable yeah. sponsorships by I mean, I olive garden we, we and have Zillow. sega all-star racing so it's not like unprecedented no but that's in the context of a race not in the context of needing to go fast <laughs> uh which you know sonic does that sometimes no i i found the film to be a lot more cohesive and competent than I expected. Like, the story makes sense. The world it builds makes sense. People ask me how I feel about it as an adaptation of the games. I don't have a lot of feelings of it as an adaptation because it's, it's not nothing really. like the games, yeah. like, oh, at all. It includes yeah. tons of little Easter eggs and... and references and, and, yeah. And, I mean, as someone who I actually really enjoy Sonic Unleashed to an extent when he's running across the Great Wall of China, I'm like, oh, I've played that level and this feels like that. Yeah. I think beyond those feelings, this is not connected to the story of the games at all and that's fine no. it's it's well, fine on well its own. actually here's the thing like there's like you know that bit in the beginning before sonic ends up on earth where like yeah long you know, claw the owl is made up long claw is made up but like the echidna warriors were interesting the, the echidna warriors because it implies it imp- like in the original Sonic games, you know, Sonic's 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles, as well as even Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, there was like That's a... That's where we learn about him, yeah. Yeah. There there was like a story, like a sort of story going on in the background uh, that, you know, because these were old-ass games, they didn't really uh, focus on it. But like, you know, there's like implications of like... Oh hey, there's like a sort of prophecy, and Sonic might be the last of a, a super powerful race of hedgehogs, and kind of kind of shit like that. L- uh, granted, it's kind of like theorizing, and like Sega kind of dropped that after Sonic Adventure Two, when like most of the people who and were, like the rest of the story when, too. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there's there's not really much cohesion in the game story after that, <laughs> just in references. But I want to talk yeah, about the performances in the movie for a bit. 
uh, because Jim Carrey is is wonderful. I had a really good time watching him. He wasn't even as zany as I thought he was going to be as a fan oh. of his earliest work, but he uh, he he seemed like he was really trying to portray a thoughtfully built character. Yeah, and, like, and, like I, I, I understood not... his motivations through his performance, yeah. not through the script, because I don't think the script gave him much to work with. <laughs> no, and my no. frustration, and I'm sorry to bulldoze here a bit, chatter. I'll I'll stop in a second, but the, I think comparatively, the other actors which I mean like James Marsden is accomplished famous and wonderful and I felt like he was pretty flat the whole time yeah, too this role well, I remember it being originally made with Paul Rudd in mind and it that would that makes sense this seems like it, it seems flatly written to the point where you need that kind of performance to elevate it like Jim Carrey does but I'm also thinking of the director Jeff Fowler from Blur Studios because Blur is an animation studio run by Tim Miller who directed Deadpool Tim right. Miller executive produced this movie and Jeff Fowler who's like his right hand man at Blur directed this movie and so we have somebody who is really skilled in in creating compelling visuals and I think this movie looks pretty good given like its budget I think it looks great um but I don't think Jeff Fowler did a good job of directing the actors I, I think that Jim Carrey brought his a-game because he knows how to build a character top to bottom and I don't think the other actors not to poo-poo on them but I don't think the director did the part of the job which is whole interesting compelling performances and relationships out of these the three characters i enjoyed in this movie sonic the hedgehog ben schwartz good call robotnik jim carrey good call uh tika sumter's character her sister that gets tied up by her daughter and is screaming <laughs> as she's running around the apartment i live for that woman she was the core of that film for me she, the emotional center that i needed she and she's that, great. okay not yeah. having seen the film this sounds kind of unfortunate it, it is unfortunate but the performance is fantastic and i think that if you have the next film be one not set in a car and two hopefully either someone helping Jeff Fowler direct actors or a different director. Um, I think we can get a film that is not just like, oh, it's pretty good. I think this could be really good. The bones are there, which surprises yeah. me. Um, Chowder, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Austin, I think you'll probably like feel the way I do, which is kind of like, it was a movie. Um, yeah. But... I think the accomplishment here, I think of the Avengers when the Avengers came out. It was a good movie, but the fact that it was good was what made it great because we didn't think you could put that many characters on screen at a time. I feel the same way about this. The fact that it works at all is the accomplishment. The fact that Sonic the Hedgehog is not a broken film is crazy. Yeah, um, and, and like here's the thing about Sonic. Even when he succeeds, there's always like something just around the corner that kneecaps that success you know like mm -hmm. you had uh uh sonic uh mania and mm -hmm. uh right after came out like three months right later. after sonic forces came out sonic generations right after uh sonic boom came out and like kneecap mm -hmm. that it was uh it's yeah. always something that like so we'll we'll see but and like with this movie nothing nothing around there's nothing around to kneecap it man listen let's not put it past sonic team to fuck up sonic again we'll get there <laughs> don't worry um uh, i i have one other just small thing i want to plug and this is just a recommendation more than anything uh before i hand the mic over to you guys um, there's a new show, technically, I think it premiered last day of January, but it's been airing the bulk of it so far in February. Um, it's on HBO. Avenue 5 is a sci-fi comedy starring, uh, Hugh Laurie, Zach Woods, uh, Josh Gad, mm. and a few other, uh, pretty excellent actors. It is, like, it is a farcical comedy set 
on a space cruise line that gets knocked off course, and now they're going to be in space for years. So and Gilligan's it, Island, but in space. Yeah, conceptually, yes, but it is under. It is. It has the undercurrent of you know the kind of crew of incompetence that you would expect of a modern comedy. But it is hysterical. It is so sharply funny. Uh, I am cracking up at every episode. Uh, it's also right up my alley. I can be totally biased toward this. I love comedy. I love sci-fi. But um, this is a bunch of very good comedy actors. Zach Woods in particular. Uh, the two characters I know him from, Gabe on The Office and uh, Jared in Silicon Valley. He plays such great deadpan psychopath. And in this one, he's a nihilist who's just like... He's on these ads all over the ship, and it's just like, hey, you should come here to the bar to escape the, you know, escape the sadness of your father never being there. Come to the bar. Your father won't yeah. be there. He never will be. And that's just like the ads <laughs> that are playing through the ship. And and that's the, that's the background details. This show is so funny. Um, that's good. But yeah, hard recommend. If you have access to HBO, Avenue 5, favorite show I've seen recently, like favorite new show that I've seen uh, over the last few months. Yeah. And I think that's all I've got. I'll hand it over to one of you two. Austin, you introduce yourself first. What kind of news are you bring to the table? Um, well, you just reminded me. I this one was also technically late January, but if you haven't heard of it, uh, fucking the color out of well, sorry, color out of space, uh, starring Nicolas Cage was a hilarious <laughs> fucking a movie. I mean, like it's a horror movie, right? But uh, I saw it in early February, I think. Uh, and if you haven't, uh, should see it. This is not technically February news, but. Uh, it, adaptation of Lovecraft. I think they did a very good job. Okay, so uh, question. Is it a horror movie because of the movie itself or because of Nicolas Cage's presence? <laughs> oh, no, because of, because of the movie itself. It's actually uh, actually a pretty horrifying story. Uh, weird stuff. Uh, since neither of you have seen it, I don't want to go too much into detail. Uh, but if you've read the short story, then it's like that. But yeah, <laughs> like years and years ago um is is also nicholas cage is a bad father it's excellent <laughs> wait do you mean in real life or in the movie both in both movie, are true he plays a bad father <laughs> this is what i'm saying that's that's what i'm claiming um but anyway uh the the thing that i actually wanted to talk about was more about uh was it the well our like end of the year episode for last year mm -hmm. is just coming true more um <laughs> Because uh, in, I think, February, we got all the deets on uh, how Pokemon Sword and Shield are turning into subscription services. Mm, um, yes. By which I mean... I, I think we talked about this last briefing program about the expansion, yeah. Fuck. I thought that we only got, like, all the, the details and stuff this past month. The details? I don't actually know about the... Uh... Austin, hit us with those details, because I sure as shit don't remember any of the Pokemon shit that Jeff and Chatter <laughs> talked about last time. Oh, God. I didn't, I didn't listen to the last one. I've just been not... Okay, but... No, uh, no, what I'm saying is I bet it's different, but also I won't be able to tell, so I will be fully engaged with this conversation. Okay, um, well, so there are going to be uh, two sort of expansions coming. Nintendo's released the, a, like, uh, you can pre-order these things, and it's the Isle of, uh, fucking... The Isle of Armor, Isle of Armor. and the Tundra, the Frozen Tundra, or the... the yeah, it's the thing with the weird rabbit deer balloon animal. Uh, 
What? That's, a, that's an apt description. That, well, that, maybe it's like a blueberry. And okay, stuff. hold on. Or is I, it I, like I a to, deer? Or, oh, I don't even know. I man. need to Google this. What is the name of this Pokemon? Kali. Uh, I don't Op remember. Oh my god. It's got a weird fucking name on top of it. Uh, I'm uh, just going to do poke. New and poke Crown Tundra. Sorry. Uh, uh, Isle of Armor and Crown Tundra. Crown Tundra. They have the. the it's a well. Well, let's take it. I I want to. Uh, oh yeah, oh, no, I, I see. Do not want to watch that. Uh, What's his name? You gotta tell oh, me. See. What the? Yeah, what is this thing? It's Calyrex. Calyrex. It there we go. Calyrex. How do I spell that? Uh, C A L Y R E X. Apparently. Ah, uh, yes, as it sounds. Okay. Um. It's just. Let me get, what? What the, fuck the is hell? It? it looks like one of the Octorok balloon things from <laughs> specifically <laughs> Zelda Breath of the Wild that pops out of the water at you. But this, like more condescending. It, it does. Its eyes really do look like it hates me. And it's like body is so tiny in proportion to the whatever the fuck on it. Okay, yes. So it has long droopy, literally balloon animal legs, a small snowball for a body a head that is the same size as his body it looks they look like bunny ears to me more than deer antlers but like but it's got four of them or or three of them i mean yeah from I this angle i, I presume I four and it's just a three quarters view you know but yeah. yeah um yeah and it just has a giant green tomato looking hot air balloon sitting on its head and that's it does it it doesn't have ar oh it does have arms what are those little fucking green nubs those are arms <laughs> well see it's it's a psychic type so it doesn't need strong arms um, Where do you wait, go to the gym? The library. Wait, hold on. Do psychic types have telekinesis? Is yes. That a th okay. Yeah. All right. Sure. That's what psychic means. Um, that is a wild looking Pokemon, and I've seen, <laughs> yeah, I've seen the, but... I've seen the Lego one, and that one still threw me for a loop. Staka taka. <laughs> yeah, but that's not even the. Uh, this isn't even the point. Okay. Uh, like, so th these are. That's the 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 focal Pokemon, I guess, of the Pokemon that's coming out far later, far later this year. Uh, and you know they're adding like new areas, uh, new some new activities to do in those areas, and like a bunch of new fashion. And honestly, I'm excited about the fashion, but I am kind of, <laughs> you know, still sort of dreading the whole thing and i didn't expect it to happen like right here right now with this uh galarex watches you while you sleep yeah yeah i don't like that he, he hovers we above the... your bed as but you wait, sleep. so wait <laughs> hold on i want to i want to interrogate your premise a little bit austin so there are two planned dlcs for this pokemon which i think yes. what we mentioned well, last well, month well this pokemon is for the second of the planned dlc the crown tundra they're also um the, also the way that you pre-ordered them is by uh paying for a uh did they i did they frame it as an expansion or a season pass uh, uh expansion right yeah they but yeah, yeah. buy a season pass, pass? Okay. i don't even know pokemon Sword well here's the well pass. here's the yeah. thing i i guess what i what i'm wondering because i remember last month jeff uh, mentioning that like instead of releasing you know sword and shield 2 or whatever they're actually just doing yeah. a new they're yeah. doing expansions which i think is a good idea which to keep everyone in the ecosystem yeah but i i to me that seems less like a subscription service and more like typical dlc maybe we shouldn't delineate between those two hmm. but like I'm, I'm i'm even thinking of destiny which you and i play which you know yeah. they used well, to do these two things and then they switched to the subscription model yeah. um, and i mean this is just nintendo being characteristically behind the ball on this sort of oh, yeah. of course uh 
progression. Yeah. Um, but but I mean, do you th- do you think that this means we're probably going to live in Sword and Shield for a lot longer than normal? Like we might get another set of DLC later, or is there just no well, news? Cons- to- considering just what kind of deadlines Game Freak is under, uh, I I don't know, man. Like they might be pressured to like push out another game aim to keep up with whatever demands that like merchandising and anime and comics and whatever Mm. demand of them you know so although i could see like just with the the whole raid system and stuff i think that they've put a lot of uh machinery they've introduced a bunch of mechanics into sword and shield that could support more expansions because like Mm. you have the raids as normal events that bring people back to the game into the end game so that they can get more rare pokemon more easily it's a thing you can do with your friends etc um, and I can see them like having an expansion pass and then an expansion pass to not unlike how there was a DLC fighters pass for Super Smash Bros. Yeah. And then when they revealed the last character, they were all like, hey, so also we're going to have six more characters in the DLC fighters pass too." when we were like convinced that they were going to be done making characters. Yeah, the but the thing is, so those six more characters were already being worked on long before they announced that pass, you know, so. Yeah, and I'm sure that these uh if if these are not the only two expansion passes, like if this is not the only expansion pass for Pokemon, like that's already in the works, but they're not going to tell us about it until it's like just over the horizon. Yeah, yeah. It, it could also be a thing where like they had originally planned to deliver a certain amount of content in the expansion pass, and then as plans change, they dis- they decided to distribute it in different packages. But basically, I I don't know. I, I'd be curious to see if instead of Instead of, you know, like every two, three years getting a new generation of Pokemon, seeing a single generation be built with this framework to sustain a longer tail, a more yeah. evolutionary tail. Uh, but I, I also don't I, know how I don't know how yeah. Pokemon fans would feel about that. I yeah. like that kind of thing generally because Gen- it's less overhead yeah, for me. Gen- generally, yeah. that does sound like a nice thing. But the thing is, like, Pokemon Sword and Shield... I like the game, but, like, you know, it does have some things that just uh, it needed to be better about like it's pokemon still has a problem where it's like functioning under design mechanics that were set in like 1996 so like oh you mean like how most online security is still using protocols from like the 80s yeah exactly yeah Yeah, exactly and it's just uh and you know and even just in like the you know main story mode that you go through before the post game it's uh it was kind of underwhelming just it was way too fucking easy, and mm-hmm. I get that it's a game for kids. Uh, but you like, sound like even, me at the Sonic movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that it was a game. It's a game made for kids, but I'm pretty sure kids would find it way too easy. And even then, why isn't there like a difficulty setting? And uh, I'm not gonna get into it in great yeah. detail, but just like I, I kind of like no amount of expansions and DLC is ever gonna fix just the foundational issues. So okay, like yeah. well, I'm I'm concerned that. Uh... So part of their justification, right, for uh, reducing the Pokedex, as they stated it, was like trying to create a more uh, balanced environment in the game, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people took to mean that they wanted a more balanced competitive environment. And VGC has been pretty interesting because I think they're like, there's been a lot of wilds. Because like a lot of the common top tier Pokemon aren't around to like be a menace you know like uh yeah, landorus also, isn't like, there some... uh i don't think garbachomp is or gar, gar, garchomp. garchomp there we go uh, yeah uh is is there uh 
I'm never gonna understand the naming conventions of Pokemon. <laughs> All you need to know is some pretty jacked up, swole ass dudes aren't in the game, and it has made the meta kind of interesting. But with the expansion, some jacked up, swole ass dudes are gonna be in the game. <laughs> okay. Those, those, those jacked. And they're also gonna be new yeah. things, like like completely new Pokemon added, mm-hmm. along with some of the old ones and like new uh, Galarian forms and stuff. But we're not like. But also just the meta, uh, Reggie. But- Gigas is going to be in the game and like here's the thing Reggie Gigas has an ability that like makes it really crappy but like without that ability he'd be fucking dangerous and destructive and oh god but also in Pokemon Sword and Shield there's a Pokemon named Galarian Weezing who has the ability to cancel out abilities and oh god those two are gonna be a fucking menace Uh, on the other hand that's a really gimmicky strategy and uh, shouldn't be too difficult to get around but i don't know how the how things will work if like slow start is negated but then the wheezing dies then it should be around i don't know that's something to talk about uh in more depth at a different point i think but uh, <laughs> yeah but i'm kind of like concerned because like the meta has been in a cool place but like with this announcement and then the later february announcement that they were bringing uh certain starters back into the game through raids soon i i'm, I'm worried that they're sort of poisoning the well when they just well, this, like mm. dug a new well on a different water yeah. <laughs> yeah most of the starter pokemon aren't a real issue because they're meant right, to be like Incineroar, though. just beginner second but incineroar though is like the problem okay yeah incineroar yeah um it's it's got it's fun in smash bros but it was really oppressive in the last year of uh the of poke like the 2019 vgc uh thing i like me some incineroar and smash he's he's a bastard (laughs) wherever you put him Uh, but he's a heel so yeah um so yeah i don't know it's just that's something i definitely wanted to like flag as like this is this is a story that we should keep our eyes on not necessarily like so there are two dlc's planned when does the first one come out uh, the first one comes out this summer, I believe. Okay, yeah. so we have some time before uh, the meta changes and Chowder still doesn't care about the game. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll still I care just, about the we game. Have, just. We, do have, uh, we do actually have dates for this. Cool. Um, Pokemon so has can... me by the balls, damn it. Yeah, now you, now you know why I played Sonic Forces all the way through. <laughs> uh, that is just a fucking boring game. The levels are over before you even know you're doing anything. I have so yeah. many problems so with Sonic Forces. So the first Forces. one, uh, Isle of Armor, is released in June 2020, and uh, Crown Tundra is this fall, I believe. Uh which also leads me to believe that they're like relatively small. Uh, yeah, but yeah. like you know, it'll be stuff. Uh, it says, did, did someone say this? Just gave me conflicting information. Just a sec here. Oh yeah, sometime between September and November. Gotcha. So it's yeah. So that's not conflicting. It's just vague. All right. Cool. Well, Nintendo. Uh, I guess in a few months we will have probably a podcast full of many people giving strong opinions and me trying to moderate that discussion while being totally <laughs> unqualified. <laughs> Chatter, why don't you let me know what you're bringing to the table this month? Which Kickstarters would you like to promote? I'm just calling my shot here. <laughs> you you are correct. Oh, there is a Kickstarter I want to promote. Bam. But, but before that, I want to talk about the fact that Kickstarter employees have been a, have successfully unionized. Yes, yes oh, yeah, I did yeah. see this, In, uh, this one. 
In an article on February 18th by Alex Perry for Mashable, uh, he talks about uh, just uh, Kickstarter employees successfully uni- unionizing. Uh, and uh, apparently this is the first like major tech industry that managed to unionize. So this is yep. just good shit, man. Good shit. I'll, I love it. It's very good. The thing that people are so intimidated by the process of unionizing and the reason it's intimidating is, is management teams are coached on how to stop it from happening without yeah. ever saying that it can't happen. But really all essentially it is, is you get people there to vote. And if the majority of people vote, I would like a union, please. Legally, the company can't do anything about it. People are afraid of retaliation. But then at that point... You, I'm not saying that this is if an easy road to go to down. If everyone to have a union, you can do something about the retaliation because you have a union. Yes, and if and if it doesn't like, get that far, like the it, thing about starting a union is like, uh, you know, if, like managers catch wind of it, they'll fire you and say, "Oh, it's because yeah, you didn't put the toilet the seat down." Yeah. And, but the thing is, like, obviously there is there is legal recourse in that case, especially because. Um, there are going to be a lot of advocacy and activist groups that support people in those positions because it is common. Uh, but yeah, the fact that it happened, I'm hoping, is one of those things that will just make other people say like, oh, they did it and they're fine. I mean, I guess long term, we'll see how fine it all is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for those who don't know, unionizing is literally just holding a vote and the company legally can't do anything to stop you. That's 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 what it is. And it's great that it happened. I'm hoping that more people will look at that because so many people are like, I, I, I remember seeing what was it? It was in it was in like a, a back a seat back brochure or pamphlet or something on an airplane from a company that was just like, hey, those union dues, you could spend that money on a video game console. Don't pay for a union. <laughs> I forgot about that. It. So and it's, it's kind of incredible because there's tremendous ignorance about it. It's really easy for companies to say, ah, you don't want that. And people say, oh, I guess not. It's like, it's it's just a lack of information, but it's, yeah. th- that is a tremendous win. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. As for the Kickstarter I want to promote, it's called, uh, this one is called Naya and the Fox Dragon. Uh, it is a illustrated novel. So, you know, it's a, it's a novel with words, but like there are pictures in it. And these are very pretty, pretty pictures, very watercolor-esque. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, in a fa- it's a fantasy books in a setting that's uh, inspired by like the South Pacific. It's uh, it's an all ages story about a young girl uh, who uh, leaves her island to like uh, reclaim these uh, magic orbs that need that are needed to like uh, power the city. And along the way, she meets a, a fox dragon, which is like this sort of dog with like dragon claws. Is that the, is that the horrifying picture of tails that Austin sent us earlier? No, no, oh, it God, is not. No. <laughs> no, but but yeah, this. Uh, according to the author, uh, shit, I'm trying to find the author. Okay, here we go. Now, Naomi Vanderen, uh, uh, the story is pretty much done. Uh, and really this Kickstarter is just about, uh, getting the funds to get this book printed and onto mm. like digital storefronts. And yeah. And also just so you know, uh, it's, it is, they have achieved almost twice their goal at this yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. By, by, by now they have already gotten double what they're asking for and as of the recording of this episode it's still the kickstarter still has 19 days to go and so when this episode does come out it would be like trying to do some days math. to go 17 days this to is go, coming so. out <laughs> this is coming so out you, in two days 
So you can like fund this book and uh, yeah, no. It's... And see, we wouldn't have these kinds of funding successes without their unionization. See, underfunded, unionized, <laughs> boom, double funded. That's the power nice. of unions, baby. Exactly, baby. Don't sue me, Pinesol. Yeah. So that that's my Kickstarter promotion. Uh, the other... Other thing I wanted to talk about was this uh, cartoon on Netflix called Glitch Tech. It's very much a kid's show, but uh, like, you know, like during the uh, Kipo episode, me and Colin and Jeff had, uh, we talked about like the difference between all ages and a kid's show. This is definitely a kid's show. It's about mm. these kids who get a job fighting video game monsters that beca- that have a habit of becoming real, coming to life. You know, like it's, hey, that's they fun. have a habit, meaning everyone has the capacity, but they in particular just can't seem to kick it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, like the the central premise is that like video video game games have a tendency to glitch, and those glitches somehow lead to mo- uh, monsters in the video game becoming real and so glitch techs are are basically the men in black fighting those monsters and then erasing everybody's memories about those video game monsters that's kind of cute yeah I and these that. two kids like get a job working for glitch tech so uh, and it, it it is like i said it's very much a kid show like they'll like use like old outdated lingo like uh i pwned you noobs and oh <laughs> yeah so very much the the Sonic the Hedgehog approach to joke writing. Yes. Yeah. But it's also just really well animated. The art style is really good. The action scenes are really good. Like, uh, I don't know, Nickelodeon's been like hitting it out of the park with stuff like Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and now Glitch Tech. The characters are really enjoyable. I mean, like, uh, they're they're just uh, kind of adorable and fun to fun to watch. Uh, and like, there's all sorts of video game references, like. One of the main characters gets like this uh, bird thing they ride around around that's basically a chocobo from Final Fantasy. Uh, there's an entire episode where they're just in Castlevania. Basically, it's not actually not, Castlevania. Not, not the Netflix animated show because that's horribly adult. <laughs> No, not that. Oh, shit, which has a new season that was announced. Oh, yeah, oh, new season of Castlevania is coming yeah, out like looks, tomorrow. Looks fun, yeah, that's pretty yeah. dope. But yeah, no, gl- Glitch Tech. <laughs> it is. It's like, like if you want like a serious, thought-provoking show, cartoon, or animated thing, just watch Carol on Tuesday. But like this, this is just like something you can just watch, enjoy, and not like uh, think too hard about. Just enjoy the characters, enjoy the action. It's it's good stuff. And uh, that's what they want you to think. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I... maybe. I guess maybe uh, video games could be turning into real life and i want to know it because they keep erasing my memory but <laughs> hey you you say this now but wait until season two and then you're there you're gonna be like oh shit this is really about a surveillance state <laughs> be okay with these hired security contractors we've introduced the children to the concept of digital infrastructure and now we will show them how it can be leveraged against our oppressors <laughs> Well, yeah, so anyway. far it's been just a episodic monster of the week kind of show, but oh, nice. but like That's I guess cute. it could turn that way if they wanted to. So, do you think it'll be like Harry Potter, where as the kids grow up with it, it gets more mature, and it's gonna be like a really <laughs> nasty cyberpunk show in the next fifteen years? Oh God, I'd be very I hope not. I'd be I'd be very surprised if it went that way. But then again, Star versus the Force of U- Forces of Evil started out kind of kitty and. 
episodic and then it just turned into something else entirely and yeah. i don't know that was pretty yeah star trek started out as a family show and in the new star trek picard show picard asked for a ship and the admiral just says sheer fucking hubris and it's just mm, it's one of my favorite moments on tv and i'm like this is not what the child in me wanted but the adult in me is very pleased um <laughs> yeah you got anything else chatter uh su- oh yeah suicide squad the fabulous oh, yeah, right, ema- didn't it? fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn that was actually a really good movie it's like they looked at suicide squad and went what if we made this not shit in fact what if we made it good no 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 let's make it really good and <laughs> and they made it that it's actually really fucking good like things suicide squad attempted and failed at uh par- uh fin- uh, suicides or no fuck I can't Harley word. Quinn. Just say Harley Quinn. Harley. They Harley already, Quinn. They, they edged it and rebranded it while it was in theaters. Like, yeah, it's a cluster. Yeah, Birds of Prey succeeds. Like Suicide Squad wanted this like sort of fast paced kind of peppy antihero movie, and it didn't but, like, get that. It didn't get that. <laughs> it, it didn't Birds get it. Birds of Prey it. succeeded. Uh, Suicide Squad I mean, wanted was, like these like. Uh, Suicide Squad <laughs> wanted these like. Uh, uh, playful montages that play with like uh that play with like a uh, sequential order uh birds of prey does it really well because harley quinn's narrating it and like you can just kind of chalk up the weird yeah pace to just harley quinn being a weird person it's it, it falls it falls to unreliable narrator instead of unreliable writer unreliable writer unreliable <laughs> editor unreliable everybody uh, and, unreliable and, production process and yes. like you know all the characters are really good like margot robbie is harley quinn finally gets to like really shine uh we're bad I, guys yeah it's what I, we do i i also really like their take on huntress who like who like the idea is like she spent her entire life you know learning to fight in order to like get her revenge and now she is just socially inept she just cannot socialize and it's hilarious to see to to tack on that there's so i mean as star trek picard started last month and we're now several episodes in and it's getting better as it goes along there's actually a character in picard i really like there's like a group of romulans that practice complete honesty which is strange because they're normally a very secretive race but he plays that role of just like he doesn't understand when people are lying like they're all getting dressed up to go into a club and they're all dressed up as different people like i get it you're pretending not to be yourselves and he just and it's that innocence of him just just brushing up against people. I always I enjoy the fish out of water character pretty reliably. It's an easy <laughs> it's it, I'm an easy mark for it. <laughs> All right, I got one more thing and that's it. It's a Kickstarter thing that I we, forgot we to talk about. Did Kickstarter? I did it. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like this is this is already done, right? Like it's a wonder like it's a remaster of a game called Wonderful 101. It's made by Platinum Games. Oh. It came out for the Wii U. It didn't sell well because it came out for the Wii U. For the yeah. Wii U, yeah. <laughs> so, I remember like, there being a lot of like hype about it, and then it was one of those things that just kind of went nowhere, and everyone was bummed. Yeah, well, they're they're they want to do a remaster for, and it's coming out for the Switch. It's coming mm-hmm. out for X, X, Xbox One and PS4 and all that. And uh, it's you know it's already succeeded, and like they asked for fifty thousand dollars, they got two million dollars. So you know, Jesus Christ, they're, they're all that's, set and that's well to go. Nuts. Yeah, and that's great. Yeah, no. So I just wanted to say that it looks really good. I always wanted to play it, but I didn't have a Wii U because nobody had a fucking Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so yeah. Uh, cool. my, a wonderful one one. 
it has been it's it's looking good very nice hmm. uh this might get cut from the episode chatter i don't know if you'll enjoy this but this is a twitter account i really enjoy it's just at Riker googling so <laughs> it's like if commander Riker from early next gen were searching things on google this one just came up uh holodeck dnd larp hints defeat green dragon <laughs> I'm, I was just really enjoying yeah. it. Anyway, oh, man. <clears throat> which is like, man, I, like lately I've like been in like a man. I really want to play D and D with some people, yeah. but like every, but hey, everyone's like got their own things to do. So it's like, oh man. Well, yeah, like I, I'm doing Dice Populi, and it's the only thing I'm doing because it takes up so much time. And people yeah. are like, let's do all these side things, and I'm like, no, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, it stinks that I want to because now I'm like kind of more into it than i have been in a while but it's just there's yeah there's so much but anyway uh let us let us move on to the rating section now that we have all presented our stories for february 2020 uh let us now as a journalistic entity decide which we think is the most important interesting or impactful for our listeners and one thing that they should definitely check out um i think the two contenders in my mind are either the kickstarter unionization because it follows up on a lot of stories we talked about last year and i think it's important and also the fact that Sonic the Hedgehog movie was not a dumpster fire, which follows up on 25 years of disappointment in my life, and I think is going to be important uh, for a, a lot of less important reasons going well, forward. Well, we can we can we can bring those two stories together by pointing out that the uh, spe- S- special effects studio that did uh, all the special effects for Sonic oh, the yeah, Hedgehog, Dragon. including including you know. Sonic the Hedgehog himself uh, closed down right after they finished Sonic, and so that's some bullshit. I, I did read into it. Apparently, what happened was the the tax breaks that they were getting in that current office, which I think was Vancouver. I'm not sure. The tax breaks they were getting there were not enough to offset things. So none of the yeah. people there lost their jobs. They were offered jobs in other animation studios run by the same company. It's just that they they the overhead for running that office was going to be too much. On the on the one hand, well, it's good well, to know that it wasn't that the, bad that on yeah, the other but hand the thing about it, they should the special be, effects studio is that they special should be, effects industry is that this getting this happens all the time that kind of shit happens all the time they need yes. to unionize yes you they know, do like yeah. kickstarter I, I I agree, um, because I've seen I've seen this before, but I I read into the details on this one because I was like that would stink if that happened, and it turned out it, it wasn't quite as bad as what people thought, but it's still indicative of a systemic issue uh, that could avoid a lot of problems for a lot of people. But it's good to know that people were not left without jobs at the very very least. Um, but yeah, those are those are my those are my two suggestions. What do you guys What do you guys think is is the biggest um, takeaway from February? I mean, I think uh, I I am I actually agree with you in the two things that I think were most important. I don't know which one goes above the other because so you're like, Austin, I know you're not a huge fan of the Sonic franchise and I'm like, uh, well, yeah, you got me. However, um, if they, if I see the movie and I agree that it is like a pretty solid movie and I go look at the stats and I'm like, oh yeah, this wasn't a box office flop. They made good money on this thing. Uh, well, first of all, uh, from the sound of it, they're they have a fucking after the credits scene so they're gonna make another sonic movie at least <clears throat> but i'm also wondering uh if this is like the tail end of uh, tail uh, shit, I did that. uh of this uh of sort of a trend of like having these 
live action movies incorporating uh, video game characters and stuff, or that are like you know toy commercials, but uh, also running off of nostalgia and stuff like the, what we saw with uh, the the yeah Detective Pikachu and etc. Or if like this is gonna lead to like oh yeah we're gonna do this more, but you know with a bunch of uh, franchises that aren't yeah. uh, owned by Nintendo probably yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I think I think the implications of Sonic are bigger than the movie itself. Um, like, so, mo- like, yes, the movie like you know opened you know like with all the studios that are involved, Paramount, but also it has like a Sega like the Sega logo coming in, and it's like, oh geez, I'm dying. Anyways, uh, once again, this has been a podcast with just me and Austin. <laughs> Uh, anyways, so like the Sega logo's coming in, and it's like got like a bunch of games uh, as, uh, and you know you're seeing a bunch of games that are like m- comprising the Sega logo, and like you know I'm looking at it. You're wondering like, what the studio is eyeing next. Yeah, and because because yeah. like I'm seeing some stuff that are like uh, obscure or niche, but beloved. Like Jet Set Radio was in there, and I'm like, oh shit, Jet Set Radio. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't say that out loud because there were kids in the theater, but, you know. Um, so, Chatter, how do you feel about nominating uh, some things for Most Important Story? Austin and I seem to agree on the two things, so you could be a tiebreaker, or you could be an agent of chaos. It's up to you. Well, uh... I shouldn't have given you that option. We're going to be here a while. Well, the three the three <laughs> things that I think are pretty important, Sonic not being a dumpster fire, <laughs> Kickstarter Union, and uh, Birds of Prey being really good. Yeah. So... Oh, do you remember how uh, it looked like there were a bunch of troll bots paid to buy Birds of Prey fans to trash talk Sonic because Birds of Prey didn't do as well as they wanted and they thought Sonic was going to eat into its profits even though they're totally different ratings and demographics? Hey, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah, that was, a, that, that was a, you, you could see like eight accounts tweeting the same poorly written Sonic yeah. movie has so much homophobic in it, don't see it. Yeah, so, that's <laughs> go see Birds of Prey instead. So, yeah. like, obviously, that I don't think that's anything to do with either studio, but that was a that was a strange yeah. artifact of our, yeah. our industry. And, and also, like, Birds of Prey did pretty well considering it is one it also, low, yeah. but it was low budget, low budget. Yeah, and two, they don't have any plans of releasing it in China, so it. I think this is about as good as it could get considering yeah. so much of its profit has been kneecapped. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I guess we've got those. Th- I guess if we had to choose between Sonic and Kickstarter, because uh, those that is the common denominator. All three of us have put those up as nominations. Um, I don't know if I can do this impartially. Uh, yeah. No, me either. Because I don't. I am. I am more directly impacted by not for Sonic reasons, but Sonic being a good movie because I care very much about video games and video game adaptations. Um, so I'd lean toward that, but I think on a moral level, the Kickstarter is certainly, is certainly uh, more important. Yeah. Counterpoint. I can feel a lot better about uh, like s- looking into all of the new indie games and stuff that come out through Kickstarter. Like I'm still waiting on something That's I fair. pledged like a several years ago, and they keep sending out updates occasionally. And I'm like, yes, but when do I get to play the beta? <laughs> uh, very like very fun concepts. However, uh, but yeah, I can feel I can feel good about that stuff in a way that uh, you know couldn't really before. If uh, but I also I don't really know much about the hierarchy inside Kickstarter, but you know it has yeah. 
can't be good. Though. I mean, it's a tech company full of tech pros, so probably so, bullshit. So, Chatter, once again, you were offered the opportunity of a tiebreaker. I will nominate Sonic. Austin will nominate Kickstarter. I'm just summarizing for the sake of progress here. Well, that's <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of in the same position where us, like... Don't fuck kick- us, Chowder. Don't, <laughs> Don't do, it. do it, Chowder. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God, I am in a position to fuck everyone <laughs> by voting for <laughs> Sopranos. It's going to be the first episode that Soprano style cuts to black and people are like, what the fuck is wrong with my podcast app? Nothing. You know it's I chowder. actually did really like Birds of Prey, so I'm nominating Birds of Prey. Fucking hell. <laughs> hold on. We might need to call it an expert. No, hold on. Hold on. Sonic is one. Uh, Kickstarter's two. Birds of Prey is three. Four is a re-roll. It's a four. Re-roll. Fuck this. <laughs> it's a, I think that's probably a good place to it's cut it off. It's a three. Actually. Birds of Prey wins. Birds of Prey. God, the thing that damn. only Chowder cares about. God damn. <laughs> you just fucking filibustered your way to victory because I'm an impatient asshole. I oh, am, yeah, boy. Yeah. I am the American government personified. <laughs> 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 All right, so you should check out Sonic the Hedgehog, Birds of Prey, and the Kickstarter Union in, in news article, I guess. Don't watch that movie. It's not out yet, but uh, yeah, it's been an interesting month, if maybe not as fast as others, ironically. Um, have we got anything we're looking forward to in March of 2020? Because I got one that I am, like, uh, stoked anim- for. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Animal Crossing, New Horizons, mm-hmm. and Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal looks so fucking um, good. Yeah. For the record, I'm pretty sure this month, though, it went by slower than most Februarys. It, it still is, went by yes. faster than every other month. Okay, it had fewer days, but it went by... <laughs> Along the same understanding of time, like the same chronological concept, we just organize it differently. So I'm done with your shit. What do you want to see in March? Oh, we started geez. off relaxed, um, and you guys got me riled. Oh, up. I want to see news about Elden Ring. Oh, that's true. There's, oh, yeah. it's supposed to get. We're supposed to get um some more actual news in this month, and it's supposed to come out by the end of this year. I don't know. We just don't know shit about it, and I would like to know shit about it. Fair enough. Um, that's me I'm gonna be talking a lot next month well two things I think Star Trek Picard is gonna end so I'll have thoughts on that but um, Ori and the Will of the Wisps the follow up to Ori and the Blind Forest comes out on the 11th Ori and the Blind Forest is one of my favorite games of all time and this and everything I'm seeing about this game is like you know how Ori and the Blind Forest was the best Metroidvania this one blows it out of the water and I don't know how that's gonna work so I'm pretty pumped Pretty, oh wait, when does uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song come out? I got. I'm not sure. I, I never finished Hollow Knight. It it it's roguelike elements got the better of me, and I and I fell it's off. It's so good. It's very I it's a actually... very good game, but like the 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 amount of time I waste with certain traversal things because I'm impatient just takes me out of it. You gotta use the bank. That's true. That's that's very true. Uh, no, Hollow Knight is good. I have it saved in a in a backlog playlist on my Xbox, so I will hit it at some point. I think Silk right, Song yeah, comes out it, later it, in the year. Ha- its release date hasn't been announced. Yeah, uh, okay. For some reason, I was like, does that come out in March? I don't remember. No. Fair enough. Anyway, we have been trailing long enough. Thank you. That about wraps it up. Thank you for listening to the Common Briefing Program. I have been Colin, joined by... Uh, me, Austin. I'm back in action and ready for news. I don't know. <laughs> And also, hi, I'm Timel or Chatter, whichever you prefer. You can find me on Twitter at Timel Chaudhary. Uh, I do art stuff there. Uh, also, also, I am probably currently gonna be uh, uh, 
on a chair screaming for my life like a lady in a old cartoon screaming about mice because I saw a centipede and uh, I hate centipedes. Oh, that sounds like art. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Uh, I am, again, Colin. You can find me online at Sonic Colin K. Uh, our other show, uh, the D&D show I, I run, Dice Populi, we just put out a yeah. soundtrack for it, and you can find it on Apple Music and Spotify. It's yeah. a bunch of music I made for a podcast. It's, it's uh, pretty fun. You can stream it. Uh, you can also get it for free on Bandcamp. DicePopuli.com, which is also at our website, commongeekingprogram.com. We should be back in two weeks where Jeff hosts a standard book club episode. Don't know what it's going to be about, so it's going to be a surprise for all of us. So thank you for listening, and we will talk to you uh, next month when we recap March. Yeah, boy! This episode of the Common Briefing Program is hosted by me, Colin, and I was joined by Austin Liebers and Timul Chattery. This episode is sponsored by Bad Die Rolls. They can extend outside D&D sessions, apparently. The podcast is created and produced by myself and Jeff Leffitt, with this episode edited by me, featuring original music by me, and, you know, it, not a lot went into it. It was just a fun time. Uh, again, check out some of the other stuff at commongeekingprogram.com, including the new Dice Populi soundtrack. Otherwise, we hope to see you in two weeks for the next episode of Common Geeking Program Book Club and next month for another episode of The Briefing Program. So thank you for listening to this. <laughs> really really just making some sounds today yes. right. yep i i have no other way to describe how i felt about that without being mean no you i think that was a good way uh <laughs> um okay